leave you with a good night and a go blue. You are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics, 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. This is war to extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screams of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug, flesh shuddering from the ovens. Prisoners of the earth, come out. Storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw noon streets, swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Shift lingles, free doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room. Towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride music beam back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride panpipes back to base. Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and my partner Jim Dwyer is downtown Detroit at the car show. I have a sneaking suspicion, however, he's going to make his way over to see the Red Wing game tonight, (laughs) because they're playing the Blues, and I hear the car show is quite interesting this year. The F-150, uh, which is briefly on cars, <laughs> has introduced their uh, new uh, aluminum-bodied full-size pickup that uh, apparently gets uh, much better gas mileage uh, than uh, normal pickups, and it may be a concept car of the future. I'm not too sure why the Camaro, or actually I guess it was the Corvette one car of the year, but it's a sporty-looking car, but... I don't know. These muscle cars. Who needs them? Well, I don't think the NFL could have asked for more. I think they got the two best teams. I'll just make a brief comment about the Super Bowl two weeks from now. Interesting that they're having it in a cold-weather venue this year for the first time probably (laughs) in quite some time. I don't know when the last time it was held in cold weather. But I've always been in favor of uh, cold-weather games for the Super Bowl. I don't care about the Super Bowl halftime show or the celebrities. Um, Obviously, in my opinion, uh, unless the weather is bad, I think the Broncos will win. Peyton Manning's just having one of those magic years. And the NFL couldn't have asked for more with another Manning. Tom Brady, U of M grad, matchup in the AFC final. But uh, if the weather's bad, that will favor Seattle, I think. But we don't know what the weather's going to be in two weeks in New Jersey. 
But uh, look for Chris Christie and traffic problems in New Jersey. I hear there are a lot of weird restrictions already being imposed on limousines dropping off and all sorts of strange uh, things going on. But that's uh, New Jersey politics for you. Kind of an interesting week in uh, the news. Uh, I guess one other final comment about sports. I noticed that the Australian Open uh, had to cancel play uh, due to the heat wave. Uh, they were saying that the temperatures on the courts were 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Melbourne, near, uh, I guess it's held near Melbourne, uh, is experiencing a heat wave. So despite some cold weather here in the uh, upper Midwest, don't believe the global warm, warming deniers or the climate change people. Uh, it's interesting. I think it's unfortunate that uh, they always have these, uh, the UN uh, uh, get-together on, on climate change in the winter. But I noticed that uh, uh, back in uh, November, and this is courtesy of the AnnArbor.com, of all things, uh, quoting an uh, uh, Associated Press uh, report, they note that in 2012, the UN Weather Agency said that CO2, the heat-trapping gas pumped into the air by cars, smokestacks, etc., was measured at uh, 393.1 parts per million last year, up 2.2 parts per million from the previous year, the highest level ever. Um, so look for uh, more data on that next year when they get together. Uh, that's uh, the science. Now, uh, we had a terrible week uh, internationally with bombings all over the, uh, the globe. A terrible uh, incident in Afghanistan, which uh, civilians were deliberately targeted, including some uh, UN uh, personnel who died. They uh, frequented this Western uh, sort of a restaurant, apparently, and uh, I understand that even a resident of the state of Michigan died in this uh, attack. Massive uh, attacks in Iraq. Um, they said, uh, they noted last week, by the way, that over 8,000 people have died in Iraq. I find it kind of ironic that in the media hoopla about the new Bob Gates memoir discussing the surge, uh, that this is being portrayed as a success. Uh, we have reported repeatedly down here in Gray Matters that there was no surge. There was a uh, increase of 30,000 American uh, military personnel uh, following Gates's uh, taking over from Donald Rumsfeld, but uh, the, the, this um, American personnel essentially replaced withdrawing international troops. So the number of actual coalition troops in Iraq didn't really go up much. I think that there was some success in uh, encouraging the uh, so-called Awakening Council of Sunni tribesmen, but this uh, and continuing sectarian violence in Iraq is uh, more than a little troubling. It's uh, bizarre that uh, uh, Prime Minister Maliki uh, wrote an opinion piece that I didn't bring with me, unfortunately, but uh, he, he wrote an opinion piece a couple months ago uh, claiming that uh, Iraq was uh, well on its way towards uh, 
a more peaceful situation. And of course, uh, today the big news was that uh, Iran was disinvited from the uh, um, peace talks that are going to occur over Syria. Uh, it's probably appropriate that Iran certainly be involved in the discussions at some point. But the bottom line is that the Syrian war, which uh, uh, of course involves sectarian uh, militants from Iraq, um, this sectarian violence in this region is simply out of control. And it is at least encouraging that the United States is behind the peace process in concept. But what is troubling is they were the ones that objected to the fact that uh, Ban Ki-moon, uh, the UN uh, uh, Security Council uh, leader, had invited Iran to these peace talks. And it seems that this coalition, this kind of hodgepodge group of rebels, forced uh, the UN to, quote, disinvite Iran. This uh, developed late in the afternoon. So that is not a good development. I think at the end of the day, Iran has got to be involved in that process one way or another. Uh, there was a budget agreement last week. Uh, not terribly, uh, you know, the data on, on it is kind of... Uh, Kind of sketchy. It seems that the um, that John Boehner uh, wanted to prevent this from being an election issue, and um, the Tea Party, of course, is very angry at this budget agreement. And most of their members voted no on the on in the House of Representatives. Seem to remember the numbers that I saw on that that there were sixty seven Republicans, sixty seven no votes and 64 of them are Republicans. Uh, that loosely represents the Tea Party faction within the Republican Party. So at least for the time being, there is going to be a, a, a so-called budget agreement going forward. Now, <laughs> there's been no uh, deal on the Farm Bill, which is apparently still being debated. And that's very troubling. The other uh, interesting non-development from Congress last week was the uh, inability of uh, Congress to extend uh, aid to long-term unemployed people. Uh, this is affecting well over a million people and their families. And these are sort of linked to the, to the farm bill. The rumor, of course, is that milk prices will if a farm bill is not passed soon, uh, double in, in price. Uh, I'll give John Boehner a brain damage award for claiming that these uh, uh, subsidies for milk uh, represent Soviet-style agriculture. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. I think that milk is one of those products that should be subsidized by the government. Um, it's critical for a children in particular to drink milk, not soda, and even some of the fruit juices are becoming suspect because of all the added sugar. So stay tuned to that development. Now, one of the more interesting, uh, we were talking about this just last week, a severe drought has been declared in California. <coughs> Worst... <coughs> A drought situation 
<clears throat> in California since <clears throat> they've been keeping records. And uh, this may bring <clears throat> some interesting lifestyle changes to California because clearly there's going to be water restrictions. This may have an impact on uh, the agricultural uh, region <clears throat> known as the Central Valley where we get a lot of our produce, particularly some of the good stuff like uh, leafy lettuce and broccoli and this sort of thing. So um, <clears throat> the snowpack I was reading in the Sierra uh, Nevada mountains is, is down 25%. So this is going to be a very interesting situation for the United States. And the United States probably needs to start realizing that they can't just keep building houses out in the middle of the desert. The Colorado River's whole river basin is being affected by this drought, and there are simply going to have to be massive water restrictions for other states besides California. But California's uh, severe drought has been declared. One other very interesting story this past week <clears throat> is the continuing... Uh, <clears throat> credit card theft uh, involving some of our corporations, uh, some big retailers, specifically Target and Neiman Marcus, had <clears throat> credit card numbers and so <clears throat> supposedly identity theft uh, um, activity performed by hackers. Um, the rumor, of course, is that this was an operation from Abroad, uh, Eastern Europe is frequently mentioned. Some even mention possibly Russia. So I don't really know. I don't know if Congress is going to be having hearings on the uh, issue uh, involving uh, credit card security. But to me, this is somewhat connected to the whole ongoing saga regarding the NSA and all of the surveillance that's going on. One of my favorite words of all time is propinquity. I'm not absolutely positive on this, but I do know that it appears somewhere in Shakespeare. But propinquity between corporate America and the NSA is uh, troubling. Uh, Barack Obama gave a speech on this subject on Friday uh, from the Justice Department, of all things. And... Um, I would rank the speech as kind of a B minus, or shall we put it into a football metaphor, I'd say that he punted the ball out of bounds about 40 yards. There wasn't any return, but he's changed the field position a little bit, but not much. Uh, there's a very interesting article in the most recent New York Review of Books by David Cole, <clears throat> The Three Leakers and What to Do About Them. He uh, reviews a couple of books that have been published recently. Um, one of them, a Princeton University Press book. Uh, I always recommend University Press books because these are generally written by scholars, are scrupulously uh, footnoted, and are frequently published because the publishing industry 
has decided that they're probably not commercially viable because of the, uh, shall we say, highbrow technical nature of the books. Some academics, of course, are uh, inept at, at writing in an entertaining style. So that may be part of it. But one of the books that he's uh, reviewing is Secrets and Leaks, The Dilemma of State Secrecy by uh, Rahul Sagar. And the other book is a historical book about the uh, Battle of the Pentagon Papers, a book published, I think, last year, actually, uh, by the uh, uh, City of New York Journalism Press. So that's another university press book. James Goodale is the author of that book. And he was a lawyer that uh, actually uh, was involved in the Pentagon Papers case. Well, in the review, David Cole, who uh, teaches uh, constitutional law, a subject uh, supposedly near and dear to the heart of Barack Obama, that was his uh, forte in academia, uh, frequently writes for both the New York Review of Book and the Nation magazine on these issues of uh, constitutional law. Uh, I think that he's a reasonable analyst in, in all regards. I would certainly call him... Uh, left of center, but not radical. Uh, he does uh, see a need for a balance between um, security on the one hand and civil liberties on the other. He's technically the professor of law at Georgetown University's Law Center and a fellow at the Open Society of Foundations. But he is a contributing editor to The Nation magazine, and he frequently has articles uh, in it. And he's written extensively over the past several years about this whole um, NSA surveillance society, uh, Guantanamo, these, these sorts of things. Um, and uh, NSA, of course, has been heavily in the news because of Snowden. Now, Barack Obama didn't mention Snowden by name, but he obviously was talking about Snowden. And these minor modifications that Barack Obama announced on Friday are uh, certainly the result of Snowden's um, leaking. Uh, Snowden, of course, is currently living in uh, Russia, uh, probably under the protection <laughs> of Vladimir Putin, um, whether he's going to be arrested or pardoned is, is, a, is, a, uh, is open for um, further contemplation. Obviously, Barack Obama at this time can't possibly uh, pardon Snowden ahead of schedule, but it's interesting that this review is essentially about the actions of Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, and Bradley Manning. And um, one of the interesting problems that we have in this whole NSA uh, situation is the fact that the NSA has essentially um, been given power by Congress under the Patriot Act, and the NSA has grabbed more power than they really have been authorized to, to get or, or possess. NSA defenders, and I'm quoting from Cole here, repeatedly emphasized the metadata program was blessed by all three branches of government. The Bush administration instituted it. The Obama administration maintained it. Fifteen federal judge 
Judges on the secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or the FISA Court, declared it lawful. Um, but there, of course, have been problems with this whole judicial review process, as Snowden notes, and uh, details, uh, cold details, what, the, what we've learned from Snowden's leaks. I wanted to read a few of these because I think they're illuminating. Cole writes, since 2006, the NSA has been systematically collecting records on every American, uh, on every call that every American makes. It has done so on the basis of NSA lawyers' secret, strained interpretation of the Patriot Act. Number two, the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, lied under oath about this program when asked in congressional hearings whether the government was collecting any data on millions of Americans? Clapper answered no. But Snowden has shown that NSA was doing precisely that. Number three, under the, another statute, the FISA Amendments Act of 2008, the NSA has engaged in a far more intrusive surveillance, including reviewing the content of emails, internet searches, and chat rooms, of persons it believes are foreign nationals, even if they are communicating with U.S. citizens here. Four, these NSA programs were authorized in secret by FISA judges, but have often violated the terms under which the court authorized them. For instance, FISA judge Reggie Walton castigated the NSA for illegally reviewing thousands of Americans' phone data over two years and imposed a temporary requirement that all searches of the database be preceded by judicial approval. Within the United States, NSA has been collecting not just records of phone calls, but uh, of their emails as well. Email data is often more revealing than phone data. The NSA has been collecting cell phone location data and email address lists from outside the United States. The NSA has not been satisfied even with all these powers. It has hacked into the overseas links between Google and Yahoo data hubs, vacuuming up enormous amounts of data subject to no statutory or judicial limits whatsoever. And finally, the NSA has been cooperating with British intelligence, the counterpart of the NSA, which is called the Government Communications Headquarter, apparently exploiting loopholes that allow the NSA to do things that the GCHQ, which is uh, the headquarters uh, of government communications, could not, and vice versa. So this is the, the situation that we're uh, confronted with. And as he go, goes through these two books, he notes that um, because of the Internet, the speed of the Internet, and the ability to dump data onto the market, uh, Sager's uh, analysis, the book, one of the books that he's reviewing, is that um, Manning and Assange's disclosures, for the most part, were not justified. Sager argues, and I'm quoting from Cole here again, that disclosure of secrets by private leakers is morally justified when it, one, is based on clear and convincing evidence of the abuse of public authority, two, does not pose a disproportionate threat to public safety, and three, as limited to scope and scale as possible. And of course, the criticism um, that Sager and uh, sort of vicariously Cole are making here 
is that um, Manning, who, of course, was court-martialed, he was not prosecuted by the, uh, the U.S. government. He was simply thrown out of the military. Manning, by the way, has renamed him uh, himself uh, Chelsea. I don't know what to make of that. But uh, he, of course, was not convicted of espionage, uh, the sort of archaic 1917 Espionage Act that was passed uh, amidst the entry of America into World War I. Of course, this is the 100th anniversary of the start of World War I. So uh, I would uh, stay tuned to Gray Matters because we'll certainly have some World War I analysis as we go because uh, World War I is one of those uh, very important things to understand how complex it was. It was certainly a breakdown of the, of the uh, Treaty of Vienna situation, Metternich and all that, dating back to 815 that followed the defeat of Napoleon. It's interesting that Henry Kissinger uh, made his uh, academic specialty the uh, diplomacy of Metternich and the Treaty of Vienna. But it was these alliances and, of course, the assassination of the Archduke um, of uh, Austria that led to this sort of cascade of events that led to the tragedy known as World War I. Of course, the division of the Ottoman Empire, the, the uh, Habsburg Empire, the Hohenzollern and the um, Romanovs all collapsed in this uh, uh, tragic event. It was, of course, called the Great War for many years, only to be superseded in brutality and actual criminality uh, by World War II. Um, but the trench warfare, the, the, the meaningless of the war at the end of the day was, uh, was staggering. And, uh, certainly it was a breakdown in the diplomacy, um, at the highest levels of several governments. And it was the treaty arrangements that led to the sort of cascading of events. So... Uh, Manning was not uh, convicted under the Espionage Act, but he was, uh, as I recall, sentenced to 35 years uh, in prison. Uh, and he was court-martialed by the American military, not prosecuted by uh, Obama. Assange's case is still being investigated, though, uh, as one First Amendment and Justice Department official noted, if you're not going to prosecute journalists for publishing classified information, which the Department of Justice is not, then there's no way to prosecute Assange. So while Assange is still being investigated, uh, I don't know that they really can prosecute him. Assange's faux pas, just to clear him up, was that he essentially dumped onto the Internet unredacted documents that Snowden had downloaded and transferred to him I seem to recall in a very mysterious way of Lady Gaga CDs <laughs> or Lady Gaga CD cases or something. Um, but he dumped these documents out on uh, uh, unredacted and it did expose a number of uh, assets that the United States had uh, employed both in Afghanistan and Iraq. People like translators and, uh, well, <laughs> intelligence agents. Uh, to say the least. It's interesting, by the way, that on the 7th of November uh, of 2013, the New York Times reported that the CIA is said to have paid AT&T for call data. 
so I think that there needs to be congressional action on the NSA thing. Obama's sort of tepid announcements of some minor changes in the program uh, seem to me to be somewhat superficial. And it's up to Congress, uh, as uh, uh, Cole notes, there are more than 30 bills to restrict the NSA currently pending uh, in Congress, and we'll see where it goes. But uh, it was interesting that one of the main bills is sponsored by Jim Sensenbrenner, uh, the Republican ranking member from uh, Wisconsin who wrote the Patriot Act, the architect of the Patriot Act, the original Patriot Act, and Patrick Leahy, the uh, chairman of the uh, Judiciary Committee, who interestingly was present at the Department of Justice when Obama gave this speech. Um, as for the continuing uh, gathering of intelligence, the breakdown of the surveillance, the fact that these Internet uh, sites are uh, penetratable and, and uh, people's identities and credit card information and even personal information has all been you know, flowing all over the globe at this point, including criminal elements are in possession of a lot of things. This is all very troubling stuff. And we certainly need, I think, congressional hearings and new legislation to deal with all of these things going on. The target Neiman Marcus uh, uh, scandal, if you want to call it that, continues to unravel on these uh, retailers. Target, for the record, had an enormous decline in uh, their Christmas sales after this was revealed. And uh, this is all very troubling stuff, to say the least. Well, I wanted to thank uh, the Reverend Andrew once again for engineering this week, and do stay tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up uh, uh, next here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. So the uh, down-home city blues. Stay tuned. What station am I listening to? WCBN. WCBN. What station plays release music and the most noise? WCBN. FM and Arbor. WCBN. Good evening. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. This is Yazoo City Calling, our weekly dedication to pre-war blues originals, broadcasting to you live every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. on 88.3 FM since 1988. My name is Weston Hughes. If you'd like to call and make a request, 734-763-3500 is the phone number. Uh, we start this evening's broadcast with Pink Anderson and Simi Dooley and a record they made for the Columbia Record Label in 1928, dedicated to the Carolina, Cinchfield, and Ohio Railroad that ran from 1902 to 1983. This is the C, C, and O Blues. Tell me so. 
Ride the blind 